the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I'm so pleased to welcome back Governor Chris Christie, a frequent guest during the campaign of 2016. He's been back a few times since then. Good morning, Governor. Congratulations on your recovery. It's so good to see you back. I'm going to play your PSA here in a, in a, in a minute, but uh, so good to have you back on the air. Hugh, great to be back with you. Thanks for having me on, and uh, it's, uh, it's great to be here. Now, before I go to the PSA, I want to talk about that, but i got to ask you, you, you describe yourself as a secondary Jets fan. They managed to win a game yesterday and lose their number one draft. I mean, uh, are you uh, a little despairing over the Jets' inadequacy at even losing? Yes, they can't <laughs> even they can't even screw things up successfully. Uh, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's incredible. It's incredible and to beat the Rams and and, and Sean McVay, who's supposed to be a football genius, you can, you have to lose that title if you lose to this New York Jets team. Well, the Browns are playing the Jets next week. I need the Jets to revert. I need them oh, to go back to being what they were. Oh, don't uh, worry, Hugh. They will. Don't <laughs> worry. I also need the Mets to put everything on the table for Frankie Lindor in Cleveland because he's got to leave Cleveland, and I think the Mets are the only people that have the money and the, and the talent and the minors to get him. Are you urging Steve Cohen to do that? I am not urging Steve Cohen to do that, Hugh. This is where we part company. I, I don't think we need to make those kind of trades. I don't want to trade some of our young talent. In the minor leagues, I, I want to use uh, you know the money the Mets now have to be able to pick up some good free agents and move from there. They've got the end. I mean, they could sign Frankie for ten years. He's the greatest personality in baseball. He could just and we could. Well, we'll leave that aside. Let me play Governor Christie the PSA that I saw for the first time yesterday that you recorded, and let's talk about it. Let's play it, Dwayne. This message isn't for everyone. It's for all those people who refuse to wear a mask. You know, lying in isolation in ICU for seven days, I thought about how wrong I was to remove my mask at the White House. Today, I think about how wrong it is to let mask wearing divide us, especially as we now know you're twice as likely to get COVID-19 if you don't wear a mask. Because if you don't do the right thing, we could all end up on the wrong side of history. Please wear a mask. So, Governor, that is straightforward, it is powerful, and you've been there and done that, and you don't want anyone else to go through what you went through. Absolutely right, Hugh. Uh, listen, for seven months, I wore a mask all the time, washed my hands 10 or 12 times a day, socially distanced, and I stayed healthy. For four days in the White House, I let my guard down because I thought I was in a safe space. And what I learned was there is no safe space from this virus in this country right now. And if you get that disease while you're standing in the White House where everybody was getting tested, it means you can get it anywhere. So I want people to learn from the mistake I made in thinking there was a safe space. Now that these vaccines are, are getting out there, um, we see light at the end of the tunnel. Thank goodness for the extraordinary pharmaceutical industry we have in this country that was able to get that done. 
And uh, and but let's not let our guard down. Let's put masks on. It is not the ultimate sacrifice to be asked to make as Americans. Uh, lots of other Americans have sacrificed much more to save lives. And I want people to learn from my mistake. It was a mistake for me, and I wanted to admit it and let people learn from it. So hopefully we can save some lives. You know, Governor, this is a tough disease. Last night, Miles Garrett, maybe the best athlete in the NFL, was breathing hard. He had COVID, and he said after the game, this thing kicked me in the butt. I'm still on my back. I have, I'm gasping for breath. You've had it. How bad is it? it when it hits you, Hugh, it hits you like a freight train. And, you know, I got it while preparing the president for the first presidential debate. And, uh, you know, I didn't get the symptoms for about three days after I left the White House. But on that Friday... Um, I started to get it. Um, my fever went up five degrees in the span of about six, seven hours. Um, every muscle in my body hurt, um, you know, had trouble breathing, had, you know, all the symptoms that you've heard about. And it comes on out of nowhere, uh, just like a freight train. And by the time I got to Saturday morning to um, I had to go to the hospital and, it was, uh, I have asthma, I had asthma since I was 15 years old, which further complicated my course of, of, uh, of treatment. But, uh, you know, just very, very lucky. I got wonderful treatment, and um, I was able to get through it. Uh, Governor, you, you bring up something that's interesting. You advised the president on the first debate. A lot of people think that was a bad point in the campaign. Did he attack the debate you wait, the way that you would advise him to attack the debate, the first debate? No, he did not. And, in fact, the last bit of advice, you know, I was in the Oval Office with him as he was getting ready to leave for the debate. And he said to me, you get one last shot. And I said, let Joe Biden talk. If you let him talk, he will hurt himself. And he gave me a thumbs up and he walked out of the Oval Office. And, and he interrupted him 71 times in 90 minutes. Um, so, no, he didn't. It, that was not the debate. I advised him to, to have Nor Kelly and Conway who was also in the room, nor Bill Stepney, who was also in the room, all of us said, if Joe Biden interrupts you, don't let it interrupt you. Um, but not to be interrupted nearly as much as he did that night. Um, that was really almost polar opposite of what we had been practicing for four days in the White House. And we had six or seven sessions with him in four days at the White House. And I felt really good to you. When we left that Tuesday, I felt like he was going to have a really good debate on Tuesday night. And it just didn't work out that way. Right. He fixed it in time for the second one. I don't think it's going yeah. to be the decisive thing. Are you still talking with the president much before the uh, the transition, Chris Christie? I'm trying to. You know, it's um, the, the president is very, very focused now just on his continued concerns about how the election went. Those are things that he and I do not agree on. And, and so I try not to agitate him too much, but... I, I guess I've been his friend for 20 years. I'll continue to be his friend. Um, but on, on this one, we have a fundamental disagreement. Will you advise him to attend the inauguration of uh, President-elect Biden? I think he should. Um, I, I think these type of rituals um, and traditions and norms are important in, in our democracy. Um, but I'm doubtful that he will. Uh, have you discussed it with him? You know, you know, I don't want to talk about that. I just want to say... I. My impression is that uh, I'm doubtful he will, but he's Donald Trump, and which makes it very unpredictable, so you never quite know. Why is it unfortunate if he does not attend? Because, Hugh, I think that lots of other people have gone through very difficult losses, um, like the president went through. Let's face it, I, you know, Hugh, 
I was very disappointed that he lost, but um, and it is disappointing. And, and losing in politics hurts much more than winning feels good. Um, it's just a fact. But uh, Al Gore sat there in 2000. Uh, that was a very, very difficult loss and a much closer loss than this one. Hillary Clinton sat there four years ago. Um, you know, when you go through the years, George Bush, 41, sat there after losing a three-way race to Bill Clinton, where Bill Clinton didn't get anywhere near a majority of the vote. Um, and Ross Perot really played spoiler there. I mean, there's been a lot of difficult races over the years, and there's really only three examples uh, that I know of in history where the president didn't go. John Adams, uh, in, in the, after the election of 1800, um, uh, you know, you had uh, John Quincy Adams after he lost to Andrew Jackson, and Harry Truman, who didn't even lose to Dwight Eisenhower, but who had a very troubled relationship with Eisenhower, who didn't go. I don't think anybody looks back on any of those three examples in history and says that was the right thing to do. And Grover I'm Cleveland, hoping- he did it four times. He won twice and he lost, or he was replaced twice. We had to do four inaugurations. Uh, right. <laughs> speaking of which, if President Trump decides to run in 2024, are you ruling out running against him? I would not. All right. No. You would not rule out or you would not run? I would not rule it out. You. Well, that would be interesting. Uh, that would no. That's interesting. Uh, I want to talk to you about Bill Barr, because you've been a U.S. attorney. And uh, I have not seen any U.S. attorney criticize Bill Barr uh, fairly. I've seen some critics of him. What do you make? He's leaving at the end of this week. What do you make of his performance as attorney general? Listen, I think overall I, I would give the attorney general a B. Um, I, I, think he did, I think he did a very good job under some difficult circumstances. I, I didn't agree with him in the way he handled the Mueller report when it came out. Um, I think he should have been more direct and more transparent about that in the beginning. Um, but I also think that he had a very difficult uh, boss to work for in terms of what the president's expectations were and understanding is of what the Justice Department can do and cannot do. Um, and, I, and I think that Bill Barr, um, when, the, when, when the big decisions needed to be made, the difficult ones, I sided with him much more than I didn't. And I, I think he was a good attorney general. Certainly. Certainly, thank you. Eons better than Jeff Sessions, who may have been one of the one of the five worst you know attorney generals in my lifetime. Now, the attorney general Barr did not announce or allow anyone to reference the Hunter Biden investigation because of the standing rule, the ninety day rule. Do you applaud his discretion and the discipline with which he enforced that in the run up to the election? I do, and the reason I do is because we wouldn't have wanted it done to us, Hugh. Um, you know, the fact is that the way it works and the way it's explained to us as U.S. attorneys is that we should not be talking about who we're investigating until we're ready to stand up and either and bring a charge um, and stand behind that charge. And that makes sense because, you know, a U.S. attorney, anybody in the Department of Justice saying someone's under investigation is ruinous to that person's reputation. And, and then if it turns out they're not charged, you can never put that toothpaste back in the tube. Just doesn't work that way. You know the old story, Hugh. The, the you know the the allegation is on page one. The exoneration is on page twenty. Um, that's just the way it works in the world. And I think it's very important to protect people's reputations in that way. And I know that there are lots of people who wish that it would have been announced. I think the much bigger problem was the way the media dealt with the Hunter Biden issues. Um, whether it was social media with Twitter and the others who were not allowed in the New York Post. To, uh, retweet their uh, their stories, 
or the other mainstream media who didn't pay any attention to the Hunter Biden case at all. That's outrageous. It's not the Justice Department that failed here. They did what they were supposed to do. It was the media that failed the American people by not putting the attention on that story it deserved. And it's now going to hurt the new administration coming in if that story if that story winds up having traction, because it's going to be very difficult for them not to deal with that. Do you think Hunter Biden declared his Burisma income? I, I don't have any idea, uh, Hugh, but if he did, he's got a big problem on his hands. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you about John Durham, whom I assume you knew as a U.S. Yeah. attorney. Uh, what do you think? What, what do the signals tell you about his investigation and his status as a special counsel? Dare Biden remove him? And, you know, the president-elect has got a problem on his hands if he does. No, I don't think that. Listen, I agree with you completely. If the president-elect removes John Durham, he's got a big problem on his hands. He's buying much bigger trouble than, he's, than he can than he can put up with, I think. Um, I think that John Durham's going to have to be permitted to, to continue his work. My um, my impression of John Durham when I knew him as a member of the Justice Department was a very careful, um, very smart, um, very good prosecutor. So um, last question, Governor. If, if I go and look up Christie 2024, will that URL already be reserved? Uh, well, but ChrisChristie.com is, sir. So uh, we're going to keep that one. Um, and we'll see where we go from here, Hugh. <laughs> okay, Governor, good to have you back. Good to hear you in good spirits. Any lingering effects from that disease? Luckily for me, Hugh, no. Um, I had about three weeks after I left the hospital of real lingering fatigue. Um, but fortunately, that's now resolved, and, and, and I really do feel 100% um, and feel like it's the best gift I could have gotten for Christmas this year. Well, the blessing to your family and wear a mask. The PSA is out there. Congratulations on doing that. I'm glad you did. And thank you for joining us, Governor. Thank you. Hope to come back again soon. Love your show. You bet. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. Even in the year 2020, the sounds of Christmas are in the air and in our homes. One of the most beautiful of the classic Christmas carols asks us the most important question of all. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Christmas demands an answer to that question. The year 2020 has disrupted many of our normal rhythms and traditions. This year has also heightened anxieties and introduced uncertainties. But the question remains. In the stillness of a winter's night, the question rings out loudly and insistently. Who is this child? Many of you know the carol's answer. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Joy, joy, for Christ is born, the babe, the son of Mary. That is the true answer to the question. The baby is Christ the King. May you and your loved ones know the full joy of Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm Albert Moeller. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Impacting policy decisions today. Preparing public leaders for tomorrow.